Greetings, EastEnders fans, and welcome to the Albert Square After Dark, the awards for 2023. <laughs> this is very exciting. Hope you well. Uh, we figured, seeing as 2023 was such a high-quality year for EastEnders, that we needed to do our own little awards. And seeing as though ITV have decided not to do any soap awards for this year, oh, we will step in. Don't you worry about that. Oh, we're here. We're here to fill the void. I mean, we're not really talking about the other soaps. We're just mainly talking about, let's be honest, the best soap of 2023, obviously. Uh, joining me is Ree. Hello, Ree. How are you this week? Today? Hi, Rob. We only did this yesterday. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, uh, I'm the same as yesterday, yeah? All good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm very excited to uh, get announced in these awards. Oh, my yes. days, ladies and gentlemen, you voted. My God, did you vote. We had, nearly, we had well over a thousand votes for uh, all the different categories. So we did very well. So thank you very much for getting yourselves involved. That's just what we wanted you to do. Um, and there is, however, one award that we're going to talk about first that nobody voted for except us. It's like we're the panel for that one, isn't it? That's exciting because all yeah. soap awards need a panel. We're, we are the panel. So for the first vote, let's talk about Albert Square After Dark's Platinum Star Award. Right then, let's kick off proceedings with this first little award that me and Re, or Re and I, have awarded personally. Now, if you are a regular viewer of the podcast, we've been doing this since about April of 2023, okay? And each week, we discuss the events that have happened in EastEnders that week, and we have both awarded a gold star to someone that stood out in that week's episodes. And since we've been doing it since April, that's a lot of gold stars that have been accumulated. And so the Albert Square After Dark Platinum Star Award goes to the person or the character that has received the most gold stars throughout the year. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, um, it's very. Now, the gold stars, I mean, did you have any idea who you thought might be might be winning this? We were surprised, I think, who 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 uh, got the most stars. Yeah, I weren't that sure, to be honest, because I think we've been quite even. We've spread them quite evenly, I feel. Well, we really, really did. Um, well. <laughs> and we should say uh, a massive, massive thank you to the Timeline at YT, uh, who comments on the videos on YouTube, who has been gathering the gold stars throughout the year, because we literally could not have done this without you. So thank you so, 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 so much. Like, you get a gold star as well. Have, stick that on your Yay! chart. Stick that on your <laughs> chart. You get one as well. So we can officially reveal that the winner of the Albert Square After Dark Platinum Star Award for 2023 is... Cindy Beale! Cindy Beale, there you go. She uh, she was awarded five stars throughout the year, which, you know, it might not sound like a lot on its own, but as you go throughout the year, lots of stars going in all different directions. Five stars, Cindy has won this year's award. And I think fair play to her, actually, because she came back, mm -hmm. with, came back with a bang. You've really liked yep. Cindy. I think a lot of the stars I was came to say, you, didn't they? I was just thinking, I think a lot of those stars were me. Um, mm. don't, don't regret it. No, not at all. She's been great. Uh, it's been really nice to have Cindy back, and it feels like there's a lot more for Cindy to be getting up to. It feels like we're only just getting started, really, with Cindy. I know the six storyline yeah. sort of quite took over the year, so I feel mm. like 2024 might be more Cindy's, like, big year. But it was Cindy Cindy's and return. George's year. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. indeed. Um, the next award is for Best Episode. 
The top three nominees were Cindy's flashback episode, the Suki Nish Ravi in the Woods episode, and the sixth flash forward episode. And the winner is... With 27% of the vote, the sixth flash forward episode, which was written by Darren Little and aired in February. Now, the... It's hard to imagine how that one, what something to do with the six was always going to win uh, best episode, I think, because it really just set the year in motion, didn't it? That first flash forward, we didn't really know what was going to happen. They did a bit of marketing beforehand. Just all we knew was that in a flash, everything changes. And we had all these trailers and we knew that something was going to revolve around those six women, but we had no idea what. And that episode, I really enjoyed because it was basically all set in the Vic and was just sort of conversations between the six women, sorting out their lives, talking to their men, and just, like, looking at these women and the situations they were in, and then leading into a flash-forward, the first time EastEnders had ever done that, and set a mystery in motion that really, really, really got the nation talking, didn't it? I mean, 2023 EastEnders wouldn't have been anything without a six flash-forward. That's a lie. I mean, it's been great otherwise, but... I know what you mean, I though. feel like it set the term for the entire year of it's, EastEnders, it is. It? It's hard. It is hard to imagine 2023 mm. without the six. And like you say, yeah. there was a lot of amazing stuff that happened in 2023. And let mm -hmm. me tell you, you know, the a rest lot. of the awards... The rest of the awards will show you that, but... I I I think yeah it was it was the storyline of 2023 I think and I think it's appropriate that the episode that kick started it won best episode for the year I think And you know what right stay another day now is just the song of the sixth episode to me yeah. it actually came on randomly on um, a playlist I was playing the other day and straight yeah. away I just went to the sixth and I was like that song has changed forever now Is it actually a Christmas song that song Yeah is it? Oh, okay. Stay now, stay now. I don't, it's not like, you don't mention Christmas. I think it was probably a Christmas number one back in the oh, 90s or something, okay. which is why it's a Christmas song. I mean, it sort of reminds me, like, you remember the Lucy storyline? Uh, Shine Bright Like a Diamond was sort of the song that was attached to that, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Shine yeah, Bright yeah. Like a Diamond. Like a diamond. <laughs> that song. So it's nice that, like, this has got a song attached to it as well. That's something to think of for the future, I think. If you want a storyline to work out, you stick a song with it. Give it a theme tune. Always works. Mm -hmm. Always works. So there we go. 27% of the vote, uh, of your vote, we should say, uh, voted the sixth Flash Forward episode of the best episode for 2023. Uh, the next award is for... Best family. So, best family now. Uh, the three top votes for best family, as voted by you, were the Mitchells, the Slaters, and the Panasars. And we can now announce that the winner of the best family award is the Slaters with 36% of the votes. I have to say, I love the Slaters, but I'm surprised, actually. Are you? I, I, they weren't. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the they weren't. were going to get it. Yeah, I feel like, the, I mean, like I say, I love the Slaters, but I feel like they've become Same. a lot sort of, they've become a lot smaller now, I think, especially since Kat kind of left the Slaters and became more of a Mitchell. Oh, and see, I think they've, that's interesting, because I actually think they've become bigger. With Eve, yeah, and Freddie, I, I guess. Eve, yeah, yeah, Harvey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvey, Freddie, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie, baby Charlie. And I class all them. of them. That's true. That's I mean, very, think very about true. How many people are in the Slater household now? 
Yeah, it's Why like a TARDIS. That? That. It's like a TARDIS, and, that house. And Kat's still not a Mitchell yet, Rob. Let's she is a Mitchell. Forget. She is a Mitchell. She got married to it. Oh, what are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Sorry. Woman? Sorry. You know that wedding that they had? You know that wedding that they had? We spent a whole week talking about it, and then Kat Mitchell appeared on the credits. That's what happened then, Ray. Yeah, that was what that was. Multi- yeah, if I'd have remembered the multicoloured dress, because I didn't see yeah. her in an actual wedding dress, that's no. why. No, there Sorry you go. So she is, she, a is a Mitchell. she is a Mitchell now. She's officially a Mitchell and everything. Um, but I tell you what, the Slaters have had a great year, in all fairness. Yeah. Um, and I like I like an underdog family. I like a family that's a vote result that surprises. Well, that's good. And when you think about it, the Panasars aren't actually the best family, really. Oh, are controversial. They? Controversial. And, no, no, I mean as in like, you know, they're not like they've they've now split. They're a fairly new the family as well. Family. Yeah, I mean, a... I don't mean it as in like they're not the best. I mean, it depends what no. you feel the best means. But I think also the but Slaters... I'm just digging, digging just holes, digging. aren't just I? Keep digging. This... What I would say, what I would say is the Slaters have got a lot of iconic characters within it as well, and a lot of iconic women as well, haven't they? Uh, yes. And then bringing Eve into that as well, who has become instantly popular. So mm-hmm. I feel like the Slaters, yeah, fair play to them. And it was thirty-six percent of the vote is a good number of votes as well. So yeah, fair mm. play to them. Uh, so the Slaters, there we go, win the Best Family Award. Uh, coming up next is Best Return. So the top three nominees for the Best Return Award are Alfie Moon, Yolandi Truman and Cindy Beale. And the winner is... With 65.5% of the votes... It's Cindy Beale. Well done, Cindy. Yeah, I mean, not a surprise, really, I don't think. No. That was a massive return. The only thing that could have made that ten times better was if the sun had kept their nose out and not leaked uh, it, right? Stop saying the name. Oh, I know. You don't I give know. them any publicity, Rob. Come oh, on. well, yeah, me up. No, totally agreed. Hey, wound do you know up. what? It was still it was still a fantastic return, but it was. imagine the shock that that would have been when we yeah. didn't realise, you know, when we were like, it would wow, have been the. Is. It would have been, I think, the TV moment of 2023 if we had had no idea that was coming. Yeah. And I felt so bad for the show, who had clearly tried their damnedest to make that the biggest secret and the biggest shock I mean, and the biggest reveal. But it was like what the it Christmas was. Day reveal was such a shock, weren't it? Yeah, because it didn't get leaked at all. So imagine yeah. that with Cindy's return. Still fantastic, though, nonetheless, as the voters proved. Yeah, agree. absolutely. And I loved the the build up to Cindy as well. You know, that moment where she sort of lowers her glass, you sort of see this woman from across a pool, she lowers her glass and then it's like, oh my God, it's Cindy. And then we go into an episode that we haven't done in so long where we are on location. Well, we were on location, really. They, uh, but, you know, we were on yes, location. We were, Rob. In the, in the land of the story, we were on location. Uh, you know, it's set in France and, we've, and Ian was back as well. Peter was back, played by Thomas Law. Lauren was back. That following episode was That was amazing. a secret. We didn't expect to yes, have Peter true. back, actually, did we? And we didn't know Lauren was returning either. No. So no, that, was all, that, point, that was yeah. all good. Um, and then Cindy's return then, just leading into what we got. Because then it was a few months before she turned up again and turned up on the square. But then she gave us, I have to say, what was one of my top episodes of the entire year, which was that episode where we flashed back and it turned out that Cindy had come back to Wolford on the Good Friday that Ian found out that Lucy had died, and it felt completely that was right. It was, yeah. Fat Boy came back. Now, that was a shocker. We weren't expecting to see Fat Boy again. That was good. That was really, really good. 
I'd I'd love to see Fat Boy back permanently. I still think we could write him as coming back. But how would you do that? He was crushed in a car crusher, wasn't he? We didn't see him. We that's because you're not allowed. That's because you're car. not allowed to show that. As, you're not allowed to show that at seven thirty. Just do a flash, Just do a flashback episode or him <laughs> somehow breaking out if in doubt. If in doubt, yeah. do a flashback episode. Yeah, there Broke out at boot. They didn't see yeah. him. Then he's run off. Well, we've still got that Christmas card from it. For Dar, didn't we? That's true, yeah, yeah. I I can't help but feel that that was a little bit of an Easter egg, though, and a little bit of a treat for fans. But what, just for the flashback yeah. episode? Yeah, possibly. yeah. But it was really nice, and we couldn't have had that without Cindy's fantastic return. And I can't wait, like I say, to see what happens with Cindy in 2024. I feel like we're only just scratching the surface with her. There's a lot more to discover, I think, with her, especially now that we're meeting uh, George's parents, and we've got a whole mystery about what's gone on with George and where he's mm-hmm. come from and what his story is what secrets are being kept from him and cindy i think is going to be very heavily involved in that so bring it on i cannot just wait they make a great partnership and talking of partnerships how's that for a link that was good wasn't it you guy, you guy, i've been doing this for a while you can tell um the next award uh, goes to best partnership <laughs> So on to best partnership now and this feels like quite a big one uh the Top three nominees, as voted for by you, for best partnership were Suki and Eve, Jay and Lola, or Freddie and Bobby. And the winner, with 58.5% of the vote, was... Suki and Eve! Is anyone surprised? Is anyone really surprised? Um, I'll tell you what my surprise is, Rob, with that one. So obviously we're announcing the top three nominees, right? Yes, 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 yes. I can't believe that Ben and Callum aren't in there for best partnership in our listeners' votes. That's it. You rub the salt into their wounds, why don't you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, Well, no, you're quite. Especially over, you know, with Freddie and Bobby made it into the top three. Yeah, that's what I I mean. mean, Yeah. You know, arguably, you know, it's not been apart from you know Ben's. It's not been a big year, I don't think, for Ballam as a pairing, has it? Like Ben's Mm. had his time, but I think Callum has kind of been just a bit more of a supporting character to all of Ben's storylines. So, in Mm. terms of a partnership, I don't think Ballam have been that prominent, really. And Suki and Eve have absolutely sort of taken over the year in terms of partnerships and what a partnership they are. You know, the on-screen chemistry between Malvinda Sopel and Heather Peace is magnificent. Mm-hmm. Um, the storyline itself has been so well written. They've really sort of taken their time with it, sort of looking at Suki's sort yeah. of confusion with her own sexuality mm. and sort of really studied their relationship, which I think is so important in this in this sort of story. Now you're saying it, it is one thing that has not been remotely rushed in any way, I don't feel. No. Suki and Eve thing. It's bit, we've had the build-up of the relationship and then even when it's finally been revealed, that yeah. that didn't feel rushed at all. It felt like the exact right time for it to all come out, I feel. It like. really did, yeah. And I feel yeah. like, you know, Nish was a great part of that as well. Like, the episode that he found out was yeah, really, really tense. Mm. You saw, you wanted Suki to get away from this, but it, the way that it was written, the way that the story was constructed, you were actually were running out of ways as to how that could possibly happen. Mm. And it still sort of feels now as though they think they're free, but are they free? You know, there's still a lot more to come with that. Um, I feel so sad that they're like, it's finally all come out. They can finally be themselves. They can finally be a couple. And then Suki's keeping another secret that she's got to keep from Eve. Oh, Oh, I feel so bad for Suki. 
how long is that going to stay a secret for? Honestly, well, I think it, I, I think that Eve will be, you know, sort of the person that finds out first. I have to say, she, she's already noticed Stacy and Suki whispering. Yeah, like those two. Like, living now together they're in the same house. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Eve's Eve's not dumb. Eve's not stupid. She's yeah. going to cotton on that something's going on. And then what's probably going to happen is that she's going to end up following them to the barrel store when they have one of their traitor meetings. Yeah. <laughs> and then she'll overhear. Is Eve going to suspect they're having an affair or something because they're all secrets and whispering that they're going to be doing? I mean, I think there's there's going to be more. Uh, yeah, I know, but like Suki's Eve's going to turn up in a hood and just sort of like watch them from from behind a beer barrel or something, and then sort of stand up and, and reveal that she knows everything. Denise will say, "Right, well, she needs to die now, so we'll have to kill her." Right, let's kill her off while we're kill at her it. off while we're at yeah. it. Um, but yeah, in in short, great partnership. I can't wait to see sort of what. We were like, we have more of Suki and Eve throughout 2024. And this will be presumably sort of the beginning, the genesis of them actually being a couple. Mm. They are now an open couple. Everybody on the square knows about them. Suki has officially sort of come out. So it'll be really nice to sort of see this new side to Suki, this open side where she's not hiding a secret about herself. She might be hiding a secret about someone that's buried under the calf, but she's not hiding sort of her relationship status. Yeah, she's not hiding so, her yeah. in, a, in a... This secret, actually, is probably Suki's darkest secret to her at one point, wasn't yeah. it? Like the secret that she's been keeping Dead for body, all these nothing. years. Now this one's out. Who I'm cares fine. about that? Who cares about that? Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Can't wait. Uh, right, ladies and gents, uh, we'll move on to the next award now, and that award is for Best Writer. <laughs> The nominees for the Best Writer Award are Darren Little, Lauren Clay, Simon Ashdown and Pete Lawson. And the winner with a whopping 54% of the vote is... It's Simon Ashdown, 54% of the vote. I feel like not a huge surprise. Um, no. But I, what I will say straight off the bat is that I think Simon Ashdown gets a lot of sort of instant recognition. I think if any, if you ask EastEnders fans to name a couple of writers, Simon Ashton will always be on the list because yeah. what I would say is if, if you are a fan of EastEnders and if you are on the level of an EastEnders fan where you're watching our podcast, I would say throughout 2024, keep an eye on the writers on the credits, all right? Because I think you've started doing that more since you've started doing this podcast, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, and I think you start to notice... You know, different writers' patterns, different there writers' patterns, ways of doing yeah, things. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think you'll find that Simon Ashdown tends to get sort of climax episodes, doesn't he? Like he episodes mm -hmm. that you know a long-running storyline will be going, and then Simon Ashdown will sort of be given the episodes where the climax happens, where the big revelations happen, um, which I think sort of thrusts him into the spotlight because that's when all the the big stuff happens, and he does it yeah. incredibly well. And what I would say he about does... Simon Ashdown, go on. Sorry, I was just going to say he does a lot of the uh, After Dark type episodes. Yes, he does. A lot of, Especially this yeah, past yeah, yeah. year. Yeah. A lot of his episodes yeah. are set at night, um, which is the best time of any EastEnders episode, let's not pretend. Um, but I would say that it, the reason I love Simon Ashdown's script so much is that because he, he's got a very distinctive way of writing and a very distinctive way of writing dialogue. And I think a Simon Ashdown script can so often... Um, like, he's a very good writer for actors, I think. He, you know, you, you hand the, the cast of EastEnders and Simon Ashdown script and they just go to town on it because I think his dialogue is sort of quite open and at the same time sort of quite sort of strict in what's being said. And what I mean by that is that it gives them room to sort of do their own little character quirks within the within the dialogue. 
Do you know what I mean by I that? I think it's also because he knows the characters so well that he knows... He's been there for years. Maybe even, dare say, the actors, that he knows yeah. what they can do with it when he's writing yeah. it. He knows I what mean, they're going to, you know, give yeah. them a bit of artistic license as well. He's been around since, I think, his first episode aired in 1995. Uh, and since then, he sort of he was he was there and sort of the, the, one of the long running writers of the show. Then he became a sort of series consultant, one of the head storyliners. Uh, was really integral in the creation of Stacy and the Brannings and everything that sort of went on there. So he knows those characters inside out, which is why you know whenever Stacy and you know a Lacey Turner performance mixed with a Simon Ashdown episode, you've got fire. Right there and then. But what I would also say with regards to the other writers that were on that list, um, Lauren Clee has written some sensational episodes this year. Um, a few to name off the top of my head would be Cindy Slash Forward, uh, would be The Death of Lola. She wrote the Christmas Day episode. So she's been getting a lot of big episodes as well, and she does them bloody well, I have to say. Like, she's a sensational writer. So, yeah, it's really, really good stuff there. So what I would say, ladies and gents, is for 2024, keep an eye on the writer's credits. And you never know, maybe Simon Ashdown's... Uh, might be toppled off his perch from the from some of the viewers next year we shall have to wait and see uh but yes very well done uh next up is best twist so on to best twist now the top three nominees as voted by you for best twist are cindy is alive albie's true paternity and linda kills keanu and the winner is... Linda kills Keanu with 56% of the votes. I mean, I can't say I'm not surprised by that, if I'm honest. I'm not surprised. Uh, He's still at... fresh to us all as well, yeah, actually. And yeah, and let's be honest, it was a bloody good twist, wasn't it? Like It was. The way that the sixth storyline was built up throughout the entire year, we kind of figured, yes, something something is going to is gonna be twisted there. There's going to be some sort of subversion of what we think or know is going to happen. And what we got was the fact that the body on the floor wasn't even dead. And I, and I did get the body on the floor right, and I'd said it right from the start. But yeah, you I did, feel, you did. But I feel I'm like I give didn't you that get one. it. Oh, see, funny yeah, enough, I feel did. like I didn't get it. Because, yeah, the body like on the floor did, was fish, but the person who actually died on Christmas Day was Keanu True. and killed by mm. Linda. And very, very few people got that right, which... But one of our listeners did. One of our listeners did, didn't you? Um I think it was Brandy Builds, I think his Brand, name is. Brandon, uh, yeah. Brandon, Brandon Reed. Builds. Brandon Reed. Or something some, there. He knows who he is, and we did mention it on the episode, so well done to you, because you did get it right, and you emailed us uh, with the right guess. But, yeah, I mean, Linda killing Keanu, what a twist it was, because mm. did you see... Did, did How high up on the list of people that were going to die was Keanu for you? I think when we were recording the sixth special episode, he had gone a little bit higher up recently like, yeah. in the lead up to it. But realistically, no, I think... Well, I was convinced it was Jack, so don't ask yeah. me, Rob. Yeah. I was and certain Linda it was be... going to be Jack. <laughs> and we did sort of discuss in that theory episode about the idea that, right, so clearly a woman killing their own man, because obviously throughout the year, each woman yeah. was sort of given a man. And we kind of thought... I there's very easily a way to do it that a woman could kill someone else's man there but i don't yeah. think we really gave that theory enough credence and that's no. actually what we got was linda killed sharon's man and i i didn't even have linda as being the killer that high on the list to be honest no i think the biggest shock was <coughs> like 
like with Nish, it would have been believable because look what happened. Yeah. D hit him because he were going for Suki in a way. Yeah. Whereas we would not have ever expected Keanu to be strangling Sharon in the way that he did. Yeah. You know? So that yeah. I think in a way that's why it was such a big shock because why would you kill Keanu? There mm. were no real reason leading up to it that anyone would kill him. But self-defense of a friend. And yeah, yeah, I- of course. Yeah. And the idea obviously being throughout the entire year that the storyline was actually about support and the storyline was about these women sticking together and sort of themes of friendship coming out throughout the year in times of hardship and tough times for the women. And, then and you, you get know a... what I've just thought? We were talking about all the, like, photos and how Linda was looking scared and coward, whereas everyone else was strong. They told us who it were. We were like, oh, well, they must be protecting Linda. Yeah, oh, but they did, and they oh, do God. end up protecting... Oh, it's genius, wasn't it? And then they did even end up telling us who it was straight away on the beginning of the Flash Forward yeah. episode where they've always said, uh, for who the bell tolls, first sit scene, the very first five seconds of that episode... Last orders, Linda rings the bell, then wanders over and touches Keanu on the shoulder. Like, and nobody caught it. Nobody hit on that. Bloody marvellous. Well, you can say that in hindsight, because we wouldn't have thought that really at the time, would we? We wouldn't be like, who's the first two people on the episode? Uh, You know, on the flashback. We wouldn't have thought that at the time, but yeah. Loved it. Brilliant twist. I dare say, though... Had we not been spoiled by uh, Cindy's return, that she yes. might have won that category. I but think so. Because it weren't yeah, such yeah, a yeah. twist. Yeah, and also why. I think you're right in saying that it happened. It was quite fresh in people's minds as well. Obviously, yeah. Cindy's return happened all the way back in I think it was in the middle of the summer or something like that, didn't yeah. it? So it was quite a while ago. We've kind of got used to Cindy being around now, whereas the sixth storyline has only very recently kind of begun its new chapter. It almost feels like this is the start of the sixth storyline now, mm. with them kind of keeping the secret and hiding the body and whatever madness is going to occur with it throughout the end of the year. So there we go. Best twist, uh, 56% for Linda Kills Keanu. Uh, coming up next, ladies and gents, is Best Newcomer. <laughs> So the top nominees, as voted by you for Best Newcomer, are Freddie Slater, George Knight, and Priya Nandra Hart. And the winner, with 38% of the votes, is... It's Freddie Slater! Now, how are you feeling about this? I feel like he's earned that. Absolutely earned it. Because I feel like, and I will hold my hands up and say this, when the casting was announced... And Bobby Brazier was announced and the character was announced. I have to say, I wasn't overly excited. I kind of thought that feels, I don't know if that's right. Is this, and then, you know, and he sort of turned up and I was kind of like, yeah, okay, he's all right. I get it, but I don't know if he's going to set the world on fire or anything. But then the year went on, we got Freddie sort of discovering about Graham. And all of a sudden, Bobby Brazier is knocking performances out of the park and really kind of hurting our hearts and hurting and and just being amazing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'll be honest, I was not keen on um, Freddie Slater when he first arrived. And by the the time we've got through the year, I really, really enjoyed him. I can't wait for him to come back. Freddie Slater's character, Freddie and Bobby's dynamic. Yeah. Like, everything. He's, he's really proved himself. Is he coming back, though? 
I think he is coming back, yeah. I mean, at the minute, he, yeah, well, I've heard nothing that he isn't. Uh, and he's got stuff to be doing when he gets back. And the minute he's sort okay. of in the world of his tennis, when they would have been filming this, he would have still been cha-cha-cha-charring on Strictly, yeah. in which he did amazingly well, by the way. Mm. Um, but I tell you what, I think Bobby Brazier has got a very, very, very bright future ahead of him. I think he is... Yeah. I feel like he's learning on learning as he goes incredibly well. And that is a skill in this job, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the world of soap is kind of quite frantic and quite sort of quick. And you need to sort of know the job quite quickly. And it, we've had EastEnders actors over the years that have sort of done that and it's not worked out for them because just the world of soap hasn't computed well with their own personal way of doing things. But Bobby Brazier has just absolutely hit the ground running. Like you say, mm. I love his uh, partnership with Bobby. I'm not surprised that uh, Freddie and Bobby did well in our poll as well for best partnership. Um, and I feel like there's a lot more to come with them as well, like the sort of whole thing with Anna. It's like, Anna, can you see, yeah, is there a, yeah, is there a definitely. future for Freddie and Anna, or is Bobby and Anna going to be the thing? I don't know which one I want to see more out of those two, to be honest. I think Freddie and Anna are actually. You think? So, yeah, now that it's happened, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it won't feel as authentic if Bobby and Anna got together now. Or perhaps whilst Freddie's absent, they will, and then Freddie comes back and throws a spanner in the works. It's all also, sorts of potential. Fra- Frana, that would be their shipping name. Frana. Frana or... Or Frobby. Or Banner. <laughs> I was thinking Frobby. Frobby. Hey, Frobby. Oh, no, hey. no, no, that's no. Freddie and Bobby. What am I uh, yeah. about? Although, don't, although, although, that's a thing as well. If you look in the right places, the internet, let me tell you. That little uh, scene where Bobby gave, uh, Freddie gave I Bobby a little kiss. You. I yeah. said that to you. I said that to you when I wondered it's something a thing. on that, yeah. It's not meant to be a thing, I don't think. I no, think it's very much just yeah. a case of Freddie is one of these people that's just very comfortable and doesn't really yeah. care and sort of will kiss a guy because that's just fun and he's, you know, he's yeah, having a laugh. Yeah. But you know what fandoms can be like sometimes. They will take something and then they will run a thousand miles with it. Well, do you know what? We might need a new Balham. So well, why not Frobby? <laughs> Frobby. 2024 is the year of Throbby. Excellent. <laughs> so, yeah, very good. Well done to Bobby Brazier. Um, he has grabbed the nation's hearts and I can't wait to see Freddie return. Um, talking of characters that we want to see more of, That is the next category, character we want to see more of in 2024. So, on to the character we want to see more of in 2024. We had a long list of options for you here, and your votes meant that the top three in the category were Martin, Yolandi, and Bernie. And the winner of the character we want to see more of is... Bernie, with 20.5% of the votes. Now, I think it's important to note it was very close between her and Martin, Very, actually. very close, that mm, vote really was. Really close, yeah. Um, and 20 point... Yeah, I agree, though, actually. I really, really think Bernie has... She is a great community character, and she really, really, really worked well in the calf, so it's almost like a shame that that's been taken away from her. So hopefully the sort of role that she's got in the Vic might be sort of built up more mm. now that she kind of works in the kitchen of the Vic a bit more. And she's got even less family there now. Keanu's been it's there. got any you now. It's basically yeah. just her and Felix now, isn't Felix. it? Felix. And he's not really... Well, I know he is related, but he's not technically blood, is he? And I have to say, I actually want to see more of Felix as well. You know, it, that was mm. that was kind of my Definitely. go-to with that vote. Because um, Felix has kind of just come along and, again, good community character. 
and you need community characters. People forget this, I think. Like when people are often going along, oh, people I'd axed this year, blah, 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 and they list off all the community characters. And that's the wrong thing to do because you need those community characters to make the the location and the of the of the show yeah. feel authentic and real like mm-hmm. people exist not just villains and heroes yeah, like, like when linda people. were getting drunk in the middle of the day at the albert and it would feel yeah. like they were serving her and feel like yeah. they were refusing her and you need that we definitely we definitely need more bernie and felix could be quite a good duo actually yeah between. absolutely yeah and i feel like there's a lot of potential there yeah, and as a pairing, you know, they're both of the LGBT plus community, so that's some great yeah. representation that's needed there as well. Um, and I think Bernie's a very good character, and I think Bernie is a popular character, and Claire Norris is great when she's allowed to be. She doesn't get a lot of opportunities, I don't think, to show what she can do. So let's hope and and pray that 2024 is the year where Bernie can come into her own. Obviously, she's at some point going to have to learn about Keanu. What is her role going to be within that? Mm. There must be a reason that Bernie is the tailor that has been left behind. So maybe there's they've seen something in Bernie that they want to build more of. I mm. hope so, but we'll have to wait and see. Can you think of anything that Bernie would uh, Bernie would be doing in 2024? This is what I'm trying to think. Like the only thing I can think is, could she be connected to Sharon somehow and constantly on it? Sharon, like, what you've not heard from Keanu? Surely yeah. you'd be wanting to get in touch with about Albie. I know that they found out that Albie's not his, but I don't know something like that. There could be a connection in that way. I'm actually just thinking, are they just going to write that she's she going to find somebody? Is they going to have some drama with a new partner? There's loads of potential for her. Really. Yeah, for a girl. Yeah, bring her a girlfriend. She's been living. Yeah. She's going to be living with um, Chelsea and Felix as well, isn't yeah. she, sir? That's good. That because and, and to be fair, that house actually is very is, is quite underused at the moment as well. So mm. it's kind of it's as a threesome. Chelsea is a great character to sort of build. Chelsea's a good character for other characters to be around. Yeah. So yeah, bring them all in. I really want to see more of that in twenty twenty four. I think twenty twenty three has been very sort of focused on certain big storylines that involve certain groups of characters and the community yeah. characters have been really good sort of backing singers to that to those storylines yeah. so hopefully 2024 will be a chance for sort of that to be subverted and the backing singers can come to the front and show us what they can do i think this era is the sort of era that can really blow more underused characters up and show show us the potential mm. and the talent that the actors have got so yeah bring it on uh, next category, ladies and gents, is for best villain. So the top nominees for best villain are Theo Hawthorne, Nish Panasar, and Ravi Galate. And the winner with 67% of the votes is... 67% of the vote goes to Nish Panasar. Um, again, not a huge surprise there. I think that Nish has been quite a prominent figure throughout the year. And he's bloody good at being a villain, isn't he? I I think yeah. Nevin Chowdhury is fantastic. And I've really, really, really enjoyed Nish. Them sort of looking at the topic of coercive control. It's not been the key factor in it, but we know that Nish is a bad one and we know that Suki needs to get out of that relationship. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like there's been certain parts in 2023 where we didn't really see Nish that much. Mm. To the point yeah. that I was like... Is he even going to be around on Christmas Day for him to be one of the suspects? Yeah. So then for him to win Best Villain, yeah, very telling of how good he's done when he has been on screen. And this is the thing. I think when he is there, Nish, you know Nish is there, don't you? Like Because mm. I think Nish is one of these characters that, because the other characters are scared of him, 
that yeah. means that they're very much the key focus of the scene. And I think with villains, sometimes what you get is that we are told that characters are scared of them. And we get that they are, we are told that they are supposed to come across as intimidating, but sometimes they don't. And I think that Nish does, which is a key mm. factor, I think, of why he's such a good character and why he is such a good villain, because we can sense why the other characters are intimidated by him. You know, he mm -hmm. is clearly a dangerous person. He is clearly a controlling person. He is clearly a manipulative person that his family are fearful of repercussions from. And it yeah. really, really, really works. Um, but I am as stunned as anybody else that he's still alive. I thought uh -huh. that if yeah. I thought that if he doesn't die on Christmas Day, then that'll be the New Year's Day episode or something. There's some twist. Or he's going to where... go to prison. Yeah, he's like, like yeah. I feel like we are in the final segment of Nishi's story. I have to say, like this has to be like his final revenge on Suki and Eve. I think will presumably be the final Nish chapter. But this is why I'm thinking if he's not going, is he going to get with Priya or something? Because I don't see where his character's going to go otherwise, to be mm. honest. Other than but... he's what, going to manipulate, be, be manipulating <laughs> yes. the rest of the family. But I don't think Ravi's going to let him do that. Ravi seems to have decided to stick up to it, like, you know, stand but up can, for himself. Can he get round Ravi again, do you think? Or do you reckon that he's... He's mind you, yeah. I mean, Christmas Day hit him over the head with a rolling pin, so you feel it's yeah. difficult to walk away from that. And we've seen Ravi's relationship with Nish going kind of go through different stages throughout the year. Like we've seen mm -hmm. how Ravi is fearful of him and appalled by him in a lot of ways as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so you sort of wonder whether the thing that went on with Eve and then all the events of Christmas Day is enough now for Ravi to be able to take a step back and go, no, you are a bad human being, and I don't want to be associated or like you in any way. I mean, when. Suki talked the family round to go and see Nish in hospital. Yeah. I think Ravi was only there for the kids because they wanted to go. Because when Suki came back in, Ravi said, she went, is he all right? And went, oh, he's breathing, unfortunately. So he mm. clearly still hasn't forgiven him. I can't see him. Is he going to go back to the family home? But just hang on. Well, what happened to the Panasar's original apartment? Isn't that Ravi's? Ravi's still living there. Uh, I think so. Is yeah, Ravi's still Panasar house. No, Ravi doesn't live with the Panasars at the moment. Um, Priya does, but uh, Priya and, and I think, do. Yeah, and I think it. I think Nugget lives there as well, and Avani. So a... yeah, I think Ravi sort of lives there on his own at the minute. I think someone will correct us if we're wrong there. Um, I mean, the thing is, I I love the Panasar dynamic, and I love all the different sort of facets of the Panasars, uh, and that'll be a big thing throughout twenty twenty four as well. I think. Um, but the thing is with Nish he has actually still got a lot of support within that family. You know, I think Vinny is very easily manipulated. He doesn't right. know whether it, Vinny doesn't know who to like and who not to like at the moment. He no. just kind of, he kind of just does as he's told. Uh, and obviously Nugget and Avani are kind of really supportive. They love their granddad. They love their dad, Aji. So it's difficult to sort of try and pull them away from Nishi's control and grasp. So a lot more to come there. And I think there is still now a lot of potential for Nish to kind of continue to be a villain. But it does sort of feel like he is the sort of character with a shelf life. Admittedly, this is the, this is a shelf life that has been longer than I anticipated. But it feels extended like a belief, a massively extended shelf life. Um, some characters have a best before date and uh, a best consumed before date. You know, and maybe yeah, we've gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've gone into the second chapter of Nish's before date. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. This is going to be a new side to Nish now because he's lost things. At the minute, mm. uh, throughout the year, we've sort of seen Nish at the top of his game. Nish had everything that he wanted around him, whether he knew it or not. Um, 
that people were kind of stepping away from him. But now he's without Suki. So we're going to see now a more unhinged and dangerous side of him, I think. The only thing I would be disappointed by is if he tries to get Suki back by saying something like, you know, if you don't come back to me, I'm going to tell the police it were you. Mm. And then we go then we go back to square one with Suki, dumping Eve. Yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah, to yeah. go back to that now. Suki's I don't out, she's think, with Eve. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. I think that Suki's done it now. I think that she's free. Mm. I think that she is obviously still scared of Nish, but I think that she wants to sort of keep him happy for now while she works out what to do next. I don't think there's any chance that she will go back to him at this stage. And Ravi won't let that happen either, I don't think. That's true. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe that's what the next beef's going to be then. It's going to be some big rivalry with Nish and Ravi and Vinny being in the middle of it. Priya thinking, mm. well, who can I get more money and support from out of these two? Yeah. Probably Nish. So Probably Nish, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, much more to come there. Marvellous. Uh, what a storyline it was. And talking of what a storyline it was, we now move on to best storyline. <laughs> so on to the penultimate award now, and that is for best storyline. And the three top voted storylines by you were uh, Suki and Eve's love story, loving and losing Lola, and the six mystery and the winner as voted by you is the six mystery with 56 percent of the votes i mean again not really a surprise is it it's been such a huge part and it deserves it as well you know i don't want to talk it down it has been the most brilliant storyline to watch it's been gripping it's been fascinating it's been twisty it's been turny it's shown six strong female characters absolutely at their peak throughout the entire year. A hundred percent. However, I'm going to say one thing. Oh, go on then. I am surprised that Loving and Losing... I am a bit surprised it wasn't more close between that and Loving and Losing Lola. However... Yeah. I was going to say, it feels like that were about two years ago. It's been a long time since With everything that's happened on EastEnders this year. But you know what? It's the, our awards are probably the first set of awards that that storyline hasn't won. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That certainly had its its fair share of accolades and it was fully deserved. Like that storyline was absolutely heartbreaking. Mm. But I think the sixth storyline actually is one of the reasons why EastEnders feels like it's going through such a resurgence at the moment and it's going mm. through such a massive golden period at the moment because it, what's the tagline of EastEnders and, all, and has been for so many years, EastEnders, everyone's talking about it and everyone has been talking about the sixth storyline, demonstrated no less by the amazing ratings that EastEnders got over Christmas. You know, well over 5 million viewers watched it. It was one of the highest um, viewed shows on Christmas Day and it continues to just do extremely well. Uh, it's consistently up year and year. And I feel like that is very much due to the six storyline. You know, it's been such mm-hmm. a massive talking point. There is nothing like a well-constructed mystery to sort of really pull viewers in and get them talking and get them theorising. Like the theories that were flying around about the six storyline was mental. Well, do you know that there's like... um. There's a little psychology trick there. Oh, I. So, you know, like, well, it'll make sense. So, you know, when some sometimes people will read the last page of a story. Yeah. Right. Before they've read the book. Okay. Why would some anyone people do, do that? that? Why? Some, I've done it once before and it was interesting. Okay. Right? I did do it once. Okay. But apparently it's because, this is why people like re-watching films over and over, because you like to know what's going to happen. So you In like retrospect. the spoiler. 
and it's watching the build up and trying to figure out the mystery. Ah, so it makes total sense yeah, as yeah, to why yeah. they've done this. They say that's yeah, why people like watching films over and over. You and you know what the ending's gonna be. Mm. And then in hindsight, because you know what the ending's gonna be, you enjoy watching the build up a lot more. So yeah, yeah. mate. Like uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it was such a cleverly constructed storyline. Mm. And I think when, when you're doing a storyline like this, I mean, on paper, actually, giving the ending away to a story, well, sort of giving the ending away to a story, like saying this is what's going to happen in oh, 10 yeah. months. 10 yeah. months. And you're going to watch it all the way through that and then you'll find out how we got there in 10 months. On paper, actually, that is insanity. You yeah. know, there's a lot, <laughs> and it's dangerous as well. Like a lot can go wrong in that time. I think Hollyoaks tried to do something like this, and I can't. And, and it's, it something went a bit wrong for them somewhere along the way, where they had to change a yeah. few things. So it's actually quite a dangerous way of approaching a story. So you've got to have absolute trust in your writers. You've got to have absolute trust in your actors and your storyliners to construct it all perfectly. And then you've actually just got to hope that nothing messes up along the way. Like, you know, an actor falls ill or has to leave. That's what I was or, thinking. You know, yeah, there, yeah, is, there is a danger reason. of that. There is a genuine Imagine danger Imagine if of one that. room had been pregnant and they've got a shot of room, you know, uh, yeah. like bump upwards. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so really, really, really sort of risky way of telling a story. But it absolutely paid off, didn't it? Like, yeah, I cannot think of an EastEnders Christmas that I was more excited for than this year than the one just gone like for 2023 yeah, same. like i was so buzzing for it and you know what i think this has also done is it's made the bbc really proud of eastenders again because they are and shouting eastenders performance from the rooftop these days and it's been a while since they've done that it feels like all the crew cast and everyone are really proud of eastenders at the they're having a whale well. of a time they are having an absolute whale of a time and it shows you know all of I the mean, cast we've not sorry i was going to say we've not done an award for um Anybody such as Chris Clenshaw, but perhaps well, we should uh, Chris give Clenshaw our award. own award to Chris Clenshaw this year. Yeah, he certainly gets a recognition award for what he's done yeah. for that show. Like it's, and I think he's the sort of person that would very much say, "Well, it's a team effort." And actually, yeah, it is a team effort. You oh, know, that's yes. even that's even nicer. Yeah, he's he's just he's just a nice bloke, isn't he? A yeah. nice bloke, <laughs> top um, bloke, <laughs> top bloke, top bloke with a top knot. He's a great bloke, <laughs> um, and he really has taken the show into some new and exciting directions, you know, um, and the six storyline is like a key part of that. It was the storyline of 2023. And I would go as far to say the soap storyline of 2023, like no other soaps yeah. were like doing anything and do you close know what? to that. I watched two other soaps. Okay. Uh, so I feel like I can say that a hundred percent. It was the best one out there. Nothing was touching it. Was Sold. it really? No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. So, and you clearly agreed with 56% of the votes, uh, the six mystery one for best storyline. Uh, and finally, ladies and gentlemen, the final award is for best performance. So the final award is going for best performance. Now, this is the biggest award, oh, everybody. This is an honour. If you get this off us, this is up there with a knighthood, honestly. This is an Oscar, a BAFTA. Everything. Honestly, biggest award of the awards show this year. Best performance as voted for by you. And the top three are Danielle Harold, Kelly Bright and Balvinda Serpal. And the winner is Rob. Drum roll, please. The winner of the best performance for 2023 goes to... Balvin de Sopel with 38% of the vote. 
And yeah, that feels right. I think like Suki Panasar, what a character she is. I would say that Suki actually is a bit of a modern day iconic character. Like, 100%. you know, like you yeah. get characters, you know, like in the vein of Peggy or Pat. Like, I think yeah. Suki is a character that will be recognized in that vein for this era of for this for this like for the 2020s yeah. like she's a great character and Balvinda plays her so so well there are so many layers to her so many facets to her and that is all in performance yeah 100% I don't think I personally mm. have ever stated how much I love Suki Panasar actually and mm. Balvinda Circle because she's just incredible and I totally agree with what you said about her being in the same vein as uh, Peggy and Pat in my head there's no doubt about yeah. that Absolutely. I'm actually kind of surprised that Suki didn't win our um, Platinum Star, but I don't think we voted for her that much. Weirdly, Which is mad, really, isn't it? But you can't yeah. control... That's why I like that Platinum Star Award, because actually... Because we kind of throw them out just quite instinctively. So it's yeah. kind of... It, anybody can kind of win that, So which is a nice award to get. But for 38% of the, of the viewers, and we've got thousands of votes, so for the 38% to be voting for Valvinda Sopel, I think is quite illustrative of what the viewers think of Suki and Balvinda Sopel. She is yeah. a really popular character. And I think it's really interesting, actually, that the Johnson era is maybe sort of maligned a little bit by viewers. You know, it was a quite a problematic era in a lot of ways. But what I have always said about that era is that it gave us some fantastic characters. And Suki was one of them. Yeah. All right. Suki... The, the they? They all yeah, the, not crime, all of them. Yeah. I think you know Nish and Ravi came across in came along in the Clenshaw era, yeah. but yeah. Um, all the other Panasars arrived during um, the Sen era. And Suki stood out immediately for me. Like when Suki arrived, she was a bit of a bitch. She was very manipulative, <laughs> and there was elements You're lying of... about having cancer. Uh, yeah, when she I mean, first and, it's, and it's kind of difficult to sort of see Suki doing something like that these days, but. Actually, you look at some characters and think, God, they're not the same person as they were years ago. Mm. Like, you know, that's kind of, that feels inconsistent. But actually, Suki's journey makes it make yeah. sense, doesn't it? Like, you can understand how someone can go from that to what we have now. And she still has that ruthlessness about her. She still has that side of things that, I think out of all of the six, Suki's the one that you yeah. wouldn't mess with. Mm-hmm. You know? We've so, seen her evolve and, yeah, yeah she's, massively. like you said, she's still got that ruthlessness, like... Even how she's been with the six now that everything's happened, she is the, I would say, has been consistently the coolest, calmest person yeah. throughout this entire scenario, hasn't she? It's like the Ranveer stuff kind of gave her a rehearsal for it. And yeah. <laughs> I think also, obviously, meeting Eve has been a massive, massive part of her journey. Yeah. Um, Eve has changed her uh, and really sort of brought out the more vulnerable and warm and loving side of her. I think. I think due to Eve that actually Suki is now more maternal towards her kids. Like when she first arrived, she was very sort of icy, very, mm. very strict and doing things like sending her kids to prison for punishment. Like most mothers ground their kids. Suki doesn't, she sends them to prison. So <laughs> like she Do you is... think she always just maybe had that barrier up Suki because she obviously hiding yeah. that. I mean, that's how you could interpret it now because she always hiding that secret. Yeah. So she's always had that barrier up even with her own children. Absolutely. And now that's been... Yeah, you she's know, allowed. She, I mean, she's so maternal towards Vinny now, isn't she? Yeah, and I think I think she, that's quite reactionary to how Nish is, you know. And it's it's interesting yeah. that if you see facets of your own character in somebody else that you don't like, you will 
completely and utterly go against the grain of what that character trait is. And I think that she mm. saw a little bit of her own cruelty in Nish at times. Yeah. Uh, so she sort of stepped away from that and become a better person because of Eve and because of what she sees in Nish that she doesn't want to become. And Nish definitely changed her as a person when they were together when they were together originally. Like she was the Suki that we first met evidently was the product of that re- of that abusive relationship 30 years yeah. i think she said she they were with nish wasn't she so that changed her and 30 years of being someone that she wasn't having to pretend and having to hide her own feelings and she's had a really really rough time of it actually if you look at suki's history and i cannot wait to see what more comes for suki because like i say she is such a fascinating layered character and she's one of those characters actually that you can take in many different directions she can be an antagonist and she can be a protagonist she can be an anti-hero she can be a villain she can do she's really 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 kind of adaptable character which is why she's so fascinating to watch and balvinda sopel plays her to perfection and clearly knows that character inside out and plays her Mm -hmm. so well i mean some of the suki highlights for this year have been for me the scenes that she's had with nish where she has been struggling and you know everybody kind of goes on about the suki and eve partnership for good reason but the nish and suki online uh, online on on screen chemistry has been amazing Mm -hmm. as well yeah definitely i just She's just all around fantastic, Balvin. Mm. And she even brings humour to her as well. Yeah. She does all this. We've got all this depth. We've got the all eyebrow. this, you know, nasty side, if you want to call it that, you know. And then we've still got humour thrown in there. Yeah. Yeah. The eyebrow, the Mwah, handbag, the handbag. Yeah. It's all really sort of iconic things to do with Suki. The hairstyle. The hairstyle, the outfits, the colour blue do you know? Do you know she, she always gives, like, pre-Eve, She's always giving me like Maggie Thatcher vibes. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Iron yeah. Lady. Yeah. The handbag. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah, what you yeah. Mean. yeah. 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 Now she's with Eve. Yeah. I feel like. It's boring. Yeah. Yes. 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 No more Thatcher <laughs> in yeah. Suki these days. It's great to see. It really, really is. And like I say, it feels like we are actually only just at the beginning of Suki's journey. And long may she remain. Balvinda Sopel needs nailing to the floor of EastEnders. She's not allowed Do to not leave. leave. Don't you ever. dare leave. Because we've we've given you this award now, so you can't leave now. I'm afraid that's how it works. That's the thing in the contract. You might not have read it all the way through. But we've got a thing with the EastEnders producers that if we give you this award, you're actually not allowed to leave the show. Sorry about that. I don't know if that oh, would make that clear be amazing to you. if that were actually a thing. If we had that power. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like every single, ex- every single exit. Every single exit. Quite a yeah, few as well. Every single exit had to be kind of put through us first. We'll go, no, well, that's not. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. No, they'll be staying. No, you can take them away. Yeah, that's fine. Absolutely. Imagine fine. that power. Brilliant. Oh, we should have that. So there we are then. Um, thank you very, very much for voting, everybody. Um, we hope you've enjoyed the awards. We hope that your favourites won. And if they didn't, we will have another one next year. So keep an eye on what your favourites and bring new favourites into your uh, into your love and warmth as you watch the show in 2024. 2023 was a great year for EastEnders and I can't wait to see what this year brings. And we will be there to give you a podcast every single week about the events in our favourite TV soap. So we'll be back uh, same time on Saturday for the normal podcast episode at the weekend. And we'll see you very soon. It's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Thank you very much. Goodbye.